coming to you from beyond the veil, where anything is possible and nothing is beyond your reach, where time and space are figments of your imagination and life is but a dream. Open your minds, open your hearts, and get ready for a one-way trip into the unknown. This is Messages from the Multiverse with Ian R. Anderson, Certified Hypnotherapist. Hello and welcome to Messages from the Multiverse. As always, I'll start out this episode by reminding you about our promo with Cymatics, Hypnosis, and Meditation Music and Soundscapes. Go to their website and enter the promo code MULTIVERSE and get a 40% discount on anything you purchase. They make the most powerful brainwave entrainment, consciousness-expanding, mind and body-relaxing music that I have ever used. And whether you're a meditator, healer, or therapist, they have what you need. With Cymatics, you will experience the most engulfing patterns of sound and music designed to bring your mind, body, and spirit into calm serenity and expansive awareness. Cymatics.com, P-S-I-M-A-T-I-X.com, or HypnosisMeditationMusic.com. Also, don't forget that here at Hypnotropy, we have special rates for students, heroes of the police and fire departments, military, active and retired, and others. Whether you want to experience the power of your own subconscious mind, the self-healing power of the mind-body-spirit system, or just want to explore the possibilities and potentials waiting to be released and realized, you can achieve all of that here at Hypnotropia. It doesn't matter if you're local to the Encino or Los Angeles area, or if you're in some distant country or state, as long as you have a phone or internet connection, you can experience the benefits of hypnotherapy, hypnoshamanism, and therapeutic imagery. Just go to hypnotropia.com, that's H-Y-P-N-O-T-R-O-P-I-A.com, and contact us, or email me at ian at hypnotropia.com, or find me on Facebook or Twitter under at hypnotropia, hashtag hypnotropia, or hashtag multiverse podcast. That'll all lead you to any of my posts, and also for the uh, podcast page on Facebook. And please remember to subscribe, leave your reviews, comments, suggestions for potential guests. We're easily contacted, and we love to hear from you. We have a very special episode for you today with a couple of extremely talented, gifted, and open-hearted musicians. They are Thoth and Leela Angelique of Tribal Baroque. Thoth was born into a musical and medical family. His mother was a timpanist for the New York City Opera, and his father was a doctor. He started playing the piano at seven and the violin at eight. His violin teachers were Mara Devanch, Harry Glickman, and David Schneider. At 17, Thoth graduated LaGuardia High School of Music and Art and moved to San Francisco with his mother who got a job with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. Thoth also attended San Francisco State University where he majored in music but ended up with a BA in comparative literature. In 1998, Thoth began performing solo and created an original epic opera, the Herma, the life and land of Nularin, based on a mythical land called the Fistad, which he has been writing about since he was a child. In 1999, he moved to New York City, where he continued writing and performing the opera at the Bethesda Terrace Arcade, a place he dubbed the Angel Tunnel. He claims that the Herma is the first new opera of the millennium, having been created and recorded from 1999 to 2002. In 2001, director Sarah Kernochin made a documentary short about his life called Thoth, which won the 2002 Academy Award. Thoth likes cooking, dancing, drawing, sculpting, 
digital 3D models, computers, web design, and is currently writing a mystery novel based in a music conservatory. Leela Angelique, or La, was born in New York City. Her mother sang on Broadway and her father runs a professional recording studio. She began studying classical violin and voice at age seven. She studied voice intensively under Elizabeth Carter, a former queen of the night at the Met. Well known for her unusually high register, Leela landed a paid soprano position in her church choir when she was 17. She was featured in many solos, including the top soprano in Allegri Miserere. Briefly attending University of Kentucky to study opera, she performed the lead in several shows, including Amal in Amal and the Night Visitors and Ariel in The Tempest. La has been traveling with Thoth and studying his unique violin and performance method for over five years. She loves drawing, painting, making costumes, doing makeup, and being creative in general. Together, they are a duo whose music defies classification. The closest one might come to assigning a genre to their music would be to refer to their name, Tribal Baroque. Through their creative and alchemical process, the union of these two angels in training has allowed Leela and Thoth to give birth to a style of expression which is utterly unique, spirit-guided, heart-centered, archaic, and unspeakably beautiful. In order to deliver this gift to the people of the world, Leela and Thoth have adopted a semi-nomadic existence, rarely staying in one place for more than a season, following the good weather around the northern hemisphere and playing in the parks, plazas, and tunnels where they find the best acoustics and most welcoming crowds. In order to obtain this interview, my family and I traveled to San Diego, where Tribal Baroque spends most of their winters. I recorded their performance live in a covered walkway at Balboa Park. In the interview, you will hear people walking around us, skateboarding by, and the conversations and movements of the homeless who immediately came in to occupy the covered spaces right at sunset. We will precede the interview with one song and end it with another. You can find all Tribal Baroque's professional recordings on their website, tribalbaroque.com. That's T-R-I-B-A-L-B-A-R-O-Q-U-E.com. Their movie, Anya, A-N-Y-A, Anya, Tribal Baroque, a theatrical story based on their music, can be found on Vimeo. That's Anya, A-N-Y-A, which means I am, in Thoth's secret language. And if interested, the original Academy Award-winning documentary short, Thoth, T-H-O-T-H, can be found on YouTube in its entirety. In 2002, I saw the Thoth documentary and had it in mind to try and see him perform in person. Now, as Tribal Baroque, he and Leela perform many operas all around the world, and I finally had the chance to see and meet them in person. We'll start with a song from that live performance in San Diego and go right into the interview. We'll wrap this episode up with a song from their album, Heaven Sent. That's Heaven and S-C-E-N-T, Heaven Sent, which can be purchased and downloaded through their website, tribalbaroque.com. Thank you. 
Messages from the Multiverse. Thank, Thank you, you for uh, taking the time to meet with me and, and to uh, you know welcome me to your performance. It was wonderful. You're Thank welcome. you, Ian. Thanks for sitting and listening and clapping. That's and so absolutely nice. That's so holding nice. space. You being it. here today made it. Yeah, it made great. Wow. These guys, lovely uh, friends, Tori and Bill. <laughs> I've uh, I've actually seen you guys on some of the videos that you've posted online. Yep. <laughs> I'm doing a good amount of research on you guys. And uh, you know, since since the um, the Thoth documentary uh, came out on HBO, you know, I saw it in 2002. Um, so for the, that 15 years, I've been looking forward to seeing you perform. Wow. 
Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, actually, the, the day that I saw it, I, I thought it was so amazing that I, I popped a VHS in and recorded the last, like, three quarters and gave it to a couple of my friends. And, uh, you know, something just spoke to me it's about amazing. what you were doing. Uh, one, because it's so unique. Two, because you're clearly inspired and doing just what makes you happy. And it's obvious that it makes you guys happy to do it. Um, I, I find it interesting. I was actually surprised. I, I had a uh, one of my listeners submit a question. It was the question about um, the exchange of energy between you and the crowd. But um, there was a, also a major exchange of energy between you two during your performance. And I could tell that you feed off of that. And uh, I'd like to kind of get into the spiritual nature of your process of creating. Um, it's the way I see it, kind of like uh, alchemy. And, and the two of you together seem almost like, like the, uh, not almost, but like the, al the alchemical union um, creating something that is just amazing together. So uh, what is creativity to you? What is it? What does it feel like? What does it mean to you? What's the experience like? And how do you tap into that high level of creativity that you do? Where are you looking at me? <laughs> I, um, let's talk, we'll talk together. Um, <clears throat> I think that one of the most important aspects has been the, the awareness that I was gifted something extraordinary. And as, as I start to really get that and, and understand that there's a, there's importance in truly offering this gift to the universe. Um, it, it started to put creativity in the, in the same realm as the divine uh, nature of creation. Because it, it's just, you, if you're going to be a creator, you have to honor the place that it's coming from. You have to be present with it. And so that type of creativity then it becomes a practice. And that practice, just like uh, any kind of religion, but it, it, this is fully um, invested in self uh, creation. Joe? <laughs> um, I, I find it easier to understand what you're saying when I listen to it a little bit later. I'd like that on tape, that's funny. <laughs> it makes sense when I listen to it later, but at first I'm like, what? Maybe it's because after we play, I'm just like, my brain is right, and I just it's, can't. It, it, mine is too. But. Well, you put everything into it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah today I really, I really did today. Uh, okay. Um, creativity is really important for me because I know that the reason <clears throat> the reason we're born is in order to leave things behind that weren't there when we when, before we were born beautiful things good things good things that can inspire other people in the future and my desire in my life and my goal in my life is to create as many beautiful things as i possibly can that's why i do the blog every day that's why i blog every day that's why i'm trying to write a play and we're constantly trying to create new music and improvise and, and I feel totally worthless when I'm not able to create things because that's the meaning of life and when we're gone I want as much beautiful creative works from me and from us and from thought to exist as possible because that's that'll be the only thing that's left 
So I want to make as many albums as possible, and I'm always giving myself a hard time that I'm not doing enough and I'll never be good enough. And, but that's what that's what keeps me going every day. And, and I think that will change. Hopefully. Well, because you you, you you drop into that fear of it happening. Fear of what? Of, of that not succeeding and going through time. So it's, it's like if there are fewer people here, then it's hard. Yeah, well, and creativity is so hard as a rule because you work so, <coughs> so hard to create something. You work for years and years and years just to create one album or right. one book or one play or one. And it's. It's from your. It comes from your soul. You know, every every morning I get up and I'm trying to work on this creative project and and performance every day. I go out and do it, and it's so hard. And with creativity, you're not really meant to talk about how hard it is. It's supposed to look easy to other people. Right. And. But that's sort of true, and then later it becomes very romantic that you've suffered so much to do yeah, it. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, because there's some kind of responsibility. Oh, I, I need to give them money, then maybe if, if they're suffering so much, but after we're dead, then there's no money. Yeah, the people, oh, the people are <laughs> I can make money on them. incredible suffering artists, <laughs> right, and yeah. they suffered so much, it's so romantic. It's so romantic. Just he fell out of his stairs before uh, Crime and Punishment, and then he just made this book come in one and, second. Yeah, and all the <laughs> like, uh, um, but it hurt. That Hulk and yeah. uh, oh my and ear, yeah. Oh, that was that really was easy, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I, I mean, blood I really flowing out of the face. <laughs> I really do feel like I, I really connect with those artists yeah, of the past because totally. I definitely feel that in the future we will be. We I'm not saying we're Mozart or we're you no, know, we're we us. Are, we're ourselves. <laughs> right. But in the future, people will go like, how did they? Did they continue to do this? Yeah. When there wasn't anything but yeah. the driving force, whatever that is, with some isolated people who step forward and recognize us. And yeah, the very few people, like our friends, thing. who were able to see that. Fifteen years waiting to see that we're really staying power. That's impressive. Well, I'm just glad that you, know, you guys happened to be in San Diego at the time. It's amazing, you know, because I've everywhere. never been to New York. Uh, I've traveled around other parts of the world, but the fact that you guys are here right now is was great. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to explore the idea or the, the, the concept of the performance because that's an original concept of yours, right? Mm -hmm. um, so where did you get that, that idea from? What does it mean to you? And uh, who or what are you performing to? Yeah, I remember that part of the question. Well, I'll start with that first. Because that is um, important to me. Um, for me, it's I pray for him, and I leave off this the I leave off the object and subject because it is just the act of pray for me. And the word comes from prayer and and for me and and performance put together. And I used to say it like prayer performance, which, which a lot of people use. <clears throat> and then a Hungarian man saw me, and, and, and I was calling it that, and he said, well, that's just redundant. What is that ER part? And I'm like, he's, he's not English. He couldn't care less about these things. So he just said, T you should just take that out. And I did. And it became my own phrase now, because everybody else uses a different thing. And um, so it just becomes that um, expression to fully offer up that divine gift and in that it, the performance is totally a giving act rather than I would like oh God give me a house oh God give me a uh, yacht it's none of that it's 
here I am. Yeah. Today it's represented. Yeah. So it's it's time almost, everything. That's the, it's uh, almost kind of like praying to the core truth of yourself. Okay. Which is everything. I feel that that's what it that's what it feels like. It's really just embracing myself and, and trying to uh, get through the murk of the self-doubt and the denying of, of what I truly am. Performance allows us to truly be what we are. And I don't want to say pray to that because that feels religious, but to truly embrace that and truly love that. That's what, that's what performance feels. That's what the word feels like to me. You were very attracted to that, straight off of that. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't have any trouble using it at all. You didn't go. Well, you just would start using. No, because it. I knew that. I knew that you weren't praying. I didn't have to go. Who are you praying to? Is it a, is it a religious thing? I knew it wasn't religious. I knew that you you are. It's, and it, it just becomes more <coughs> of a spiritual, more of a focused practice to be performance. That first piece we do, which is our opening prayer, is called Anya, which means I am. Right, yeah, actually, I wanted to talk about that and the significance of that, that phrase, that statement to you. Uh, because the way I see it as creators of our, of our own realities, of our, of our lives, that um, we are a reflection for, uh, uh, as one of my friends puts it, uh, I am the creator coming through as Ian Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that looking at it from that way, uh, for performing to yourself in that truest possible way, the most authentic way of expressing what you have within you, is in essence a prayer to the creator of the universe, or whatever you want to call it, the yeah, mind that, it is. that gives rise to everything that yes, is. Yes, I agree. Um, so the, uh, the phrase, I am, you know, and in your language, Anya, and that's also the name of the movie that, that you guys made. Um, She's doing the research. She does everything. It's yeah, it's cute. What does that uh, What does that mean to you? I am. What is that? What is that? What is the import, The importance of that statement to you? For me, the importance is is, is infinite possibility. It, it leaves the it, it it has the major. Pro- in language, it has a, the subject and the verb, and that's the most important part of a sentence. And because um, if one says, says that, and, and then one has the opportunity of being whatever, and at every moment one then can establish oneself to be loved. So one says, I am love, I am love, I am love. And uh, it always gives infinite possibility. You always have the freedom to be, but to then, in, in the, the discipline as a personal power, to speak of it and to just really honor that and the I am love always is is how we live. And so the prayer then becomes the one of peace because um, because by fully embodying ourselves and we can, we're, we are putting a ne- an, another ounce of peace in the universe because some people are not doing that. Right, yeah, that, that's one reason why I uh, approach the issue of propaganda couple times because um, through the use of propaganda we are kind of pushed into making statements like I am sick or I am stupid or you know I am not worthy or something Mm -hmm. like that and and through all of that you know we are uh, left with the world that that we're in now and 
although it's a beautiful world, uh, we've done a lot of damage to it. So, um, you know, your, your language that you created, um, being a personal language, I've heard you refer to it as a spirit language, I think. Um, musical language. Musical language. Is it a, is it a language that has words or is it a language of pure expression? How would you describe the, the essence of it? I'm going to let you start. Um, I want to add something to that last question. Um, also, in terms of I am, it also means that I can be whatever it is I'm feeling. For me, performance is really helpful for me because it allows me to honestly and in the most raw and open way uh, say I'm sad or I'm emotional or I'm hurt or I'm angry. And, it, and Thoth has talked about this for years to me that it allows you to express that without hurting anybody. So if I'm angry or I'm pissed off or I'm upset or I'm sad, I'm able to get it out of me without injuring anyone. So who's the next? And you love, and, and not only that, you don't injure you. The alchemical process causes it to change into love. So the other, what was the next question? Well, I, I think I'd like to comment on that also because that also comes, that loops around to personal power too because exactly. that, that then is how you're able to honor your own feelings and not deny something just because it might be seen as negative or just because it doesn't, uh, it doesn't look like love at the moment or something like that. You know, a lot of people tend to think or act as if people who are spiritual have to be perfect all the time or have to be happy, happy all the time or, or have to be expressing all love all the time or something yeah. like that. But that's just not how it is to be a human being. We have a whole range. And if we are denying half or a major part of our of our being, the, the anger and all those things, that then prevents us from transmuting it into something exactly. else. Yeah. It's a whole store of energy that, that you can use if you have the personal power to take all those things, transmute them, which is the alchemical esoteric principles. That's really what they were talking about. Yeah. Then you gain life years. You gain, you gain, you gain um, connection with your, um, your spirit guides. You gain connection to your heart space because you're, you're um, fully manifesting this and using the energies of really disruptive things and taking them out of the universe and putting, replacing them with love. Otherwise you're just pushing it thing. down yeah. and suppressing and it's it still and there. suppressing it. It's not and going it, anywhere. Yeah, and it, then it ends up being this horrific... Explosion, like a mushroom cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Trust go. me, I see that all the time yeah. in my practice. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Anger explodes or, you know, passionate feelings. It's all passionate feelings. It's, you know, sadness is just as happiness, they're all like, emo they're all intense emotions and sadness and, and pain and anguish, they're not things to be ashamed of. So I, I remember what that, that connects us with the language. The language is an emotional language. It's, it's a yeah. complex, um, a complex uh, singing language. It's meant to do as many of the sounds that are singable as I have been able to discover. Um, we don't necessarily use that. I mean, she could use them if she wants. I'm just letting her explore sound and right. express herself. Then that process is this less coercive. But she will go the same direction because I've explored that and I found these sounds to be eminently suitable for singing. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it's they're just fun to, it's fun to try. You know, just sometimes I'm really thinking about trying to use as many syllables as possible. Sometimes I'm really thinking about acting more. Sometimes, I'm, you know, we're doing all these different things at once. So right. it's, the pro it's the process of, 
of trying to think about several different things at one time. And sometimes Doc will remind me, try to use more syllables. He's never like, you must, you have no, to. No, that's so ridiculous. It's just he. We all have the same down. language. That's the other thing. It's We all have the same language. It's just a, everybody's forgotten. <laughs> That's interesting because uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Terence McKenna and his work, but um, he had a lot of theories about language and its relationship to the, the structure of reality and how we understand our reality through language, but our reality also reflects our language and our, our ability mm -hmm. to connect with the universe through our understanding of it. And the language that he pulled out of the DMT experience sounds a lot like the language that that you talk on some of the tracks like what you were just doing right now and I bet it does yeah it's a uh, it's like an er language like mm -hmm. some underlying universal thing that uh, I think is directly connected to the way we manifest our reality and experience it so that being said, what does your language and the way that you channel that through through yourselves, what does that say about the world and the reality that you, that Travel Baroque is trying to manifest together? I think it uses the most syllables. Well, we're definitely trying to manifest um, more beauty and more goodness than we see. We're trying to manifest what we want to see in the world because we don't see what we're doing in the world ever. We've never seen anybody do anything close to what we do. Right. We don't consider ourselves to be street performers because yeah, street we don't performers think that we are that. have but very little energy in how they express themselves. They're very and they're very focused on their money. Uh -huh. Very with kind of withdrawn and like, do you accept me? And uh -huh. We have all those feelings of self doubt and all that, but we just when we perform, it's just like fuck it, <laughs> just, just go and, and do it as as large as we can. We always, every day, we try to go as big as we, to the edge of our ability. Like well, it's a blessing today. to be going. I was on the edge. I was, I was ready to fall. Oh, by I the end, I was totally, also, I was dead to all. It's so, so good. So Such a blessing to be able to be pushed to the edge. I, I, you said something. I wanted to finish that because it went a little di different direction. Say that again. There's something about the language. Uh, all the syllables, <clears throat> almost all the languages of the world, are based on very small amount of sounds, and they get limited according to the oppressiveness of the of the, of the uh, political system. Like right, yeah, like English. When, when Germany became a, a dictatorship, their language became clipped. They started using less sonic sounds, so they started to condense, uh, compress, and because. You, military dictatorships, you have to use um, clipped language to give orders to everybody, so they just start ripping out. They can't say thoth. Yeah. They can't say thoth at all. They can only say toth or thought. But they can't say thoth because that those two sounds, thoth, are, it requires a certain amount of um, um, patience and tongue patience and mouth patience, and they just want to go to. Tongue patience and mouth patience. You are so funny, sweetie. Language is a language is one of those interesting things that um, it's kind of like a, a chicken and egg type situation because yeah, it's totally you know, we we had the ability as as human beings to 
to create language to, to speak for a long time before we actually did it. And for some reason, somehow we were already set up to do it by the time we started to do it, right? So the way evolution seems to suggest biology works is that something develops and, and stays because it's advantageous, yet we still have these formal capabilities that exist, yet at some point, uh, up until the point where it's actually done, it hasn't been done yet. And in a way, your, your music is like that too, right? Your performances are like that. You say you're the only ones who you've seen do it, right? But that doesn't mean that there's something that you, that, that you guys have biologically or anything that makes you different from everybody else. You had tapped into something and did something, have done something that only existed as a possibility before, right? So what's that experience like for you when you're here doing this? It depends. I mean, for me, sometimes I'm uh, really struggling and I'm, I'm not focused on myself. I'm too focused on other things like lack of audience or you know, I'm having a bad day or I'm frustrated with something I was working on. Um, but other times, like today, there was, I don't even really know how to describe it. It's, it feels like I'm, it feels like I'm, it feels like I'm having sex with thoughts in front of everybody and they're all just cheering us on and it's not, it's like the most beautiful thing and I'm so confident, I'm so proud, and I'm so humbled and I'm so honored by I really am able to like fully see what it is I'm doing and and just totally embrace it and not have any shame or any fear. Just like I, I fully see who I am inside and I really I see myself the way people who really love us see us. I go, Oh my god, that <laughs> really is beautiful. It really is beautiful. Tantric, that's what I wanted to say. That's an answer to something else earlier. I see it as a very tantric thing that we do and the tantric and the most the deepest, most um, pure way. That's that energy exchange. Yeah, yeah we're go we're like we're really we create, going into each basically, other. Basically in the in the language of uh, pure gutters, um, we're we're um, taking ourselves as close to orgasm as possible. Yeah. We're it's like and not, almost without yeah, touching ourselves. It's it's like I mean I've never had sex so I don't know what it's like but it and really that, and that's so one of the powers of what we're doing too is the virginal. There's a virginal power in, in our music. Um, the the what is it called? The whore the whore virgin. Whore the virgin. slut virgin. The virgin slut. Very lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, because it's there's an energy there. It's and it's been in all men. It's in the minotaur. It's in all the all the myths. Speak about that energy as a very powerful energy, and we both have. So the black magicians have always tried to to take tap, it, to tap exactly. into it, steal yeah. from. They always yeah. try to, and they always yeah, they always take it. virgin sacrifices and all that. Yeah, yeah. But that that's one of the other things that we keep our energy as high as possible. Is we we decided even before we got together to never have sex, yeah. and we were few of them have any understanding. You know, and it it really keeps. It keeps us so focused on our art and not focused on the other stuff. 
Well, it's, it's clear by seeing you perform together that there's no lack of intimacy in your relationship. Exactly. So. And it's not, it doesn't mean that because we don't have sex that we're not, we don't love each other more. It's, we, I always feel like Thoth and I love each other more than very um, sexual relationships. Because it's based on seeing right through each other. Because we're singing into each other's eyes every day. So there's something so much more intimate about that than, than anything else I've ever experienced. It's, it's, and, and it's doing that in front of other people that really feels, it's very powerful. Well, one of the things that, that you, uh, you know, I when I send out the, the questions that I come up with, I always ask my, my guests, what do you want to talk about? One of the things that you sent back was the significance of your relationship and what you do. So. Uh, maybe we could start on that topic by clarifying what is your relationship? What does it mean to you? What are you? What are you to each other? Well, we're married, <laughs> and we and, and we actually love to be married. It's really nice. Yeah, ever since we got married, it really we were really close before we got married. But it, when we decided to get married, it was really like, oh my god, it's the perfect thing. People equated that with sex immediately. Yeah, they're like, oh, when are you gonna, when are you gonna have a baby? We're never gonna have children. We have plenty of babies. Yeah, our children are right. is our music. Sure. Art. And Thoth um, is my protector. He very much watches out for me. He looks out for me. He, he does everything for me. <laughs> <laughs> he cooks for me. Um, he. The only things that I'm expected to do really is wash the dishes and go out and pray for him with it. He doesn't really expect anything of me, and of course I help them, but he's, he's like... she licks my ear. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's interesting what we are capable of doing because of that. It's, it's almost like um, it's an immensely channeling uh, energy thing. It's, again, that personal power is the same thing. One of the things that happens after the orgasmic experience is a loss of energy instantly. Boom, it's gone. Yeah, and, the uh, the cliche is the man rolls over and falls asleep, yeah, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, we don't do that. Right. With our we don't do that. There's no getting tired of each other, and we're together all the time. We, we work together. We have a job together, and we live together. We sleep together and we do everything together. And it, we're cozy and we're intimate. We together and we sensual. Look, we love being together all the time. And it, like right now, we're working. And I don't really see thoughts in the same way as I do when we're at home. And I'm hugging him while he's going to get in his dress and he's in his little <laughs> stockings and, and high heels and stuff. <laughs> so, how do you see, what am I to you then? Um, Baby. Baby. Is that it? Is that all? Yes. Okay. I love you. And he's, he loves me more now than he ever did before. It took, it took a long time. Our relationship, it wasn't really rocky at first. It was just the way we got together was kind of tricky. It was hurtful of course. He was with someone else at the time, and we had an affair. So whatever we didn't have sex, means. but whatever that means. But it, it was, it was it, hurtful. Actually, that was an illustration of exactly how how close we got uh, in that what one would say is sexual. Because 
our being together and the way we were together already created the feeling in, in the other person that there was sex involved. Right. She could not even, she, and she also felt me uh, not as close to her because I, I had found this person with whom I now couldn't do a thing. we were singing in each other's eyes every day. There's no way you can't fall in love with somebody that, there's no way, I fall in love with everybody that we perform with, and we don't perform with a lot of people. But that's what is But it's just, love it. you can't, but there's no way that you're going to be looking, in, if, and the way we perform with people is looking in their eyes, and you can't help but fall in love with the person. But, so, it, well, if they're open, uh, but it, you know, and we don't, we don't even think about ever not being together anymore, or that tribal group won't exist anymore. We're together. It's just the moment we met each other and the moment I saw him, I knew that that was the person. I didn't know that he was someone I was going to marry, but I just wanted to be around him all the time. And he was very scared of me. <laughs> I was a little too much. To, to say it um, simply. Yeah. I was very overwhelming. I was always trying to hold his hand and always trying to, you know, just, I wanted to be close to him. And I, I have never had a relationship before I met Bob. He's my first, my first and only love. The timings in all things are extraordinarily perfect. I mean, couldn't, couldn't be more true, and it's, uh, we, I mean, we talk about it in so many different, we're, we're also the, uh, <clears throat> the flowers of our line, is will be that we are the last. Uh -huh. Yeah, we're not going to have children. And so that, that, that in itself is in there, and the, the, we're. I can. I've said that I call ourselves angels in training, right? So that is, uh, we're we're practicing giving in the realm of pure materialism, and I believe that is what an angel is all about: is to give and give, big blessing, ecstatic giving, and so um, <clears throat> we support ourselves, each other, in giving. Give the energy back to each other. Yeah. Something just thought of. And when people come and hold space with us, it just increases. The more people who watch us and hold space with us, the more that's possible. Like sometimes I'm just shocked. It's like we did a show at Martha's Vineyard. I'm shocked. The, the energy people were so we're present. And I, would, I felt like it was flying around the place. And, and for the piece we did today for the pentagram, yeah. I felt like I was just going to explode out of my skin. I was yeah. just so people were there focused on us so that's our interaction with the audience we feel and there's lots so of people who really mass focus. sexual <laughs> yeah it just becomes this orgy of well that's that uh tantric yeah, kundalini tantric. connection exactly. again and uh that's that's something that is uh it, it has a very visceral physical dimension to it too mm -hmm. that I, I can imagine you probably just feel completely flowing through you uh totally yeah it's wonderfully erotic to to perform and break form the way we do well there were times today that it, that it looked like you uh, both might start flying <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah, extraordinary as people are giving away their personal power it, there is a time in the future where we'll look like we're the greatest musician magicians that were doing things that then people are shocked that people can do that because people are giving their power away because we're not we're not using amplification or boom boxes or anything uh -huh. we, we, 
Well, you mentioned um, you mentioned giving and doing what you do as a as a gift of just with the intention to just give. Well, in a in a world addicted to consuming, um, I can imagine giving like that and being in a culture like this where taking is such the standard or the, the norm can sometimes um, maybe uh, leave you a little disheartened too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Traveling around the country and around the world. And, yeah. Sometimes it's mind-numbingly soul-sucking and just like what 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 are we doing why is it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing though when you look at back all of the monks all in every culture they experience the same thing and the people all that are people that are you know representative of consumerism and and taking and, and taking and taking and taking are in control of our country now yeah it's really hard to think about that and, and not get really depressed and wonder what is it, what are we ever going to get out of this lifestyle? Are we ever going to really reap the rewards of giving so much? And she has me with her. Yeah, that's, that's an extraordinary question and, and, and thing. We, I would say that we talk about this thing you're talking about I would say that that's more especially than 50% of their day. Yes, especially these days, because we're very, um, uh, that we're not political, we're more uh, spiritual people, things. And, and my idea of a leader is not somebody who tells me what to do, it's somebody who jumps off the cliff first, and says, we will fly. Like you do. Yeah. Well, there was once a day when the king was the first one into battle. Exactly true. The king was the most powerful person. That's why he could go into battle, or she could go into battle, because they were the most powerful. They lead the army, and they stood right in front of the army and went out. Yeah. And now they sit in the back in a control room. They do everything they can to stay 10,000 miles away from exactly it. You know, true. One of the One of the big questions that um, I've always loved uh, to hear asked and to, to see the the response of the politicians when they're asked that is, uh, you know, would you send your kid to war? You know, mm -hmm. because they expect everyone else to do it. And, uh, oh. you know, war is a perfect um, metaphor for the kind of world that we created mm -hmm. for, you know, for the culture that we, that we have, a culture without culture yeah. that uh, seeks to then, because of the, the, the black hole that we have in our culture, we seek to then consume other cultures, yeah, right, right? And, uh, and go out and steal the best of what's what's there, and then we integrate it with ours. You know, we did it with the Native Americans. We've done it. You know, the list goes on and on. But that's um, one of the, the blessings of being separated from it. Actually, that that is where we get strength, is because we aren't being um, because. They can't see us so well, so it's only really good people, empathics, and um, really good people who get to see us right now, and that protects us in a in kind of off the bizarre kind of way. We're off the radar. Yeah, it, it's just an extraordinary fortune. I know it hurts at times because we we're not. Oh, there we are on stage, and ah. it hurts a lot of the time. But but at the same time, we're protected. We're extremely protected. And, uh, we're not really affected by. 
things that happen in the world, we can see it and we're disturbed by it and we're like, what is going on? But at the same time, we can continue to do our art and yeah. we're not really affected by Plus, nobody's forcing us to use auto-tune. We're not putting us on any really weird track that is warps us into a weird thing that they think everybody wants to listen to. Yeah, assembly line music. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the people who, who detach from the main body of culture are, you know, that's like the fool on the hill um, type of metaphor where everyone looks at them as if there's something wrong with them, but, you know, they're the ones looking at everyone else thinking, when are they going to get it, you know? And uh, you guys have kind of a semi-nomadic life where you are traveling around the world, right? Um, playing for people in different cultures all the time. So what do you notice as being the major differences between these cultures when you're in Europe or some of the other places that you've been? And what, what have been some of the, the best places uh, that you've gotten the most joy out of playing? So sweet. Well, when people ask what's the difference, um, everybody, every culture treats what we do the same. Um, they react to it the same. It's people in different countries that react to us different, react to us in that way of, oh, I love you, kind of thing. But that's similar everywhere. Even if they can't speak to us, um, like we have some, some fans in Lisbon who will, I don't know how they know that we're there, but they'll just suddenly show up and they can't speak to us. There's nothing they can say to us. They speak Portuguese and we speak English. And they just, they just do this, they bow to us, and they, you know, they hug us or Every something. Day. And they come all the time sit in the same spot and watch us and they there's nothing we can we can't say anything to each other yeah and they're crying and hugging us when we leave because they don't know if they'll ever see us again and so that's you know we go to cities to be around that kind of energy but <clears throat> we also uh, have the blessing of being able to transport ourselves from place to place and, and we found a few small venues so we are able to go to them and the place that most uh, welcomes us back is Lisboa in Portugal they there's a spot there that's humble it's in front of a garage a, a car garage but the sound is extraordinary it's next to a shoe store and the shoe store is named Victor and he said oh, I can't shoe wait store owner. Is that right the shoe store owner. <laughs> <laughs> Victor is the um, he's the owner of the shoe stores, and he's so sweet to us. And I, I mean, we kind of intruded on him. The first time we came, we said, "Oh, I love this," and we kept just being there. And and over over the time that we've been there, he's really um, opened his arms to us and, and in a way that's so gratifying because they don't do that here. They don't do that in Central Park. They don't do that up in in uh, San Francisco. They don't do that in Amsterdam. Um, it's just there. And he says, um, we can't wait to see you again when you guys come back. Yeah, I'll put you in my brochure for the summer. Yeah, well, that's you know, just very much embracing us. That's that's a, that's a difference. Um, yeah, it, I mean, Lisbon's my favorite. I, I don't know. It, Lisbon is every city has 
has nice things about it. So I can't say there's one city that I like better. There's certain cities in which all the cities that we go to have people in them that we want to see. Yeah, that all we of miss, them. That we all different ages, all different because kids these people are there. People who are really sick. We can get to them. Yeah, we're the only ones who can get to they people. They can't get to us. So we have to continue traveling. That's the reason why we continue traveling is to keep being able to pray for them right. throughout the year. All keep year that loop. We could stay. We could stay in San Diego and just stay here and play in the park right. open, But we go nuts, and we we need. It's hard to travel, but it it's stimulating and it's really good it's to really to you know, shake things up and and get get the blood flowing in terms of and finding a way to continue to stay creative even though we're constantly moving around and we can't collect anything. Do you try to follow the good weather? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we do that too because I can't handle uh, the cold anymore. My body is not going to do it anymore. So. When are you going to be in Portugal next? Well, I'm, I'm going to be in Portugal in June. Yep, we'll be there. Really? In Lisbon? Yeah. Nice, well maybe our that's cool. We're flying into Lisbon um, and then heading from there to the Algarve. Oh, that's a beautiful area. Uh, we haven't gone there yet, but it's extraordinary. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can we can be in touch. Yeah, we're, we and, and we don't go to museums. We don't really do much. We go to the zoos because I like animals and I go and talk to them. <laughs> I mean, they need somebody to talk to them. I'm it, just so silly. Right? I'm so, so silly. It's just. The anyway. whales and the seals have I talk to animals too. <laughs> I sing to them. I talk to them, sing to them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. I'll never I, stop. I make songs. Them. I freestyle songs for my cats all the time. Yeah. So. And they deserve it too. Yeah. Um, so, what's on, uh, what's on your. Your plate for the next year or so. What do you have any big upcoming releases of any kind or anything you want to talk about? It, what's interesting about the world is that I have a feeling that we're going to be needed soon by something. Um, you always say that. Yeah, I always say that. You say, it's going anyway, to happen soon. I think everyone feels something, something big, something coming. Yeah, we've, we're always in the position to allow that to happen. That's one of the important things about the way we live. We, uh, we can, and if we're called, we can go. Ready to go. Yeah, and that's really important. It's yeah. got to be something we're, bigger than, than Trump getting elected, right? It's yeah. Be something that's, better than that. We have some music that we're, that we're working on trying to release, but Thoth has to listen to it. We're, we're trying to find ways to release our music without having to release CDs. Uh -huh. It's too expensive and yeah. people Nobody don't buy them anymore. anymore. So uh, trying to find a way to release music. Because we know that our, our biggest fans will enjoy our music. But we, get, we get really discouraged about our lack of support. And we go, well, we're going to release music and then nobody will say anything about it. And so what's the point? And, uh, you work so, it's that thing and you work so hard on it and you release it and then there's yeah. kind of nothing. But uh, Thoth has to listen to it this weekend. Uh, <laughs> Which I don't know if Anyway, we go to the Bay Area and, uh, at the end of April. Then we go to Mishpov uh, for the um, for about a couple, of, a, couple of, a couple and a half months. 
So middle of May, so this middle of May to the end of July, then we go to probably gonna go to Paris and Amsterdam and London in August. Figure that well done stuff up. And then we'll go to New York for three months, September, October. And every November. single one of those places is important. And then we'll come back here. Is that your your general? Yeah, that you do? And, so, and and we and and we're open to uh, you know making it larger. If we go to Lisboa and all of a sudden something opens up and somebody says come it. here, we have a show for you, then we'll go. But we try to. We'd go like places. to go to Italy, but we've heard bad things about how uh, mean the police can be to the performers. Most most cities kind of limit busking to the point where you can't do it at all. So Lisbon's like the only. Portugal is one of the only countries in the world where you can, in Europe, where you can bust. They're not going to arrest you. In we Barcelona, think, you can't. We think uh, Portugal is because Portugal released themselves from their dictatorship gently. That their that their people that knew that they were on the edge of hell, and they and they let a girl with a little flower stop the military from shooting everybody, and um, they have a special heart. I've heard a lot of good things about the people of Portugal. Very interesting. So it's not a rich country, but it's really. No, and they're being kicked by Germany and France. But they're, it's a wonderful country. We love going there. It's so festive. We love us too. We're very, you know, and are famous in our own way there because we live in the same area where we play. That's another thing because we're so accessible. Uh, I mean, it does work in another direction but it's really in, a, in that wonderful direction we live our lives as celebrities and we live as we but not the celebrity that goes walks around in his peacock and no but in the celebrity sense of walks around we always it's peacock, it's peacock <laughs> and but the celebrity who who goes into a business and through going into that business brings energy to those people through the through their love and their respect of them as human beings so we are very very particular about going into places and speaking to people and being very um, kind to anybody. The, the janitors, I know all the janitors here, it's very, very important to me. Um, it's the, it's the, to me, it's the bottom line about Namaste is to really, people have their roles right now, but, but there's a being inside who is an angel, for sure. We're unusual, so we have to... Yep. work extra hard to be as kind because people naturally have a can sometimes have a reaction to us and think we're kind of odd or unusual weird so we, that's our first reaction we always <laughs> try to be very kind to, I mean, we're naturally kind people right. um, and being empathic it makes it gives me this added ability to help at any instant to know that something's needed that there are to take care of it I love doing it. I, there's something about me taking care of people, and so it also causes me to be a recluse because I have such a gift that way. I can't. I mean, people just will take advantage of me in a second. Excuse me in a second. Not even. That's what was happening at the house we were staying at before this one, because the person just couldn't care less. Just taking care, taking care, cleaning, taking care, doing all these really things—they're so helpful. Not a single thanks or acknowledgement of that it happened. It's really important yeah. for us to live with people who are uh, compassionate people because we, we give a lot when we do our work, and then we thought gives a lot when we come home. Yeah, yeah, that constant giving can if we don't have uh, some sort of 
reciprocal feedback in some way uh, can leave us depleted and at least feeling feeling depleted temporarily just, at least. Yeah. It's just which is why it's so wonderful to have her in in my life now because as I'm getting older, uh, the, the beating down of that feeling can can wear me out easier. <laughs> having her enables me to help somebody which is good for me but also that she knows this and she'll protect my habit <laughs> well, I also help him from uh, you know giving too much uh-huh. yeah, she gets in the way I, I very much am aware that when he doesn't want to be giving too much and I'll say you don't have to you know? right yeah or she'll just Pulled me away. I said, get the fuck out of his leg. <laughs> Which she's done. She just, uh, he'll, he'll just let people kind of roll over him. Uh-huh. You help him uh, know that it's okay to say no. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always like hyper aware of when he's giving too much and he doesn't really want to. You protect each other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's a protecting thing because I, I mean, I, again, I would be sucked into something. Was uh, very problematic, and she'll just. I'll just say, I thought, the fuck off, you guys. Uh, There's nothing like (laughs) being alone in the world, is there? Yeah. Somebody to to look out for you. We're always, I'm I'm always, you know, my concern for him is much more than myself. When he's he's sad, I'm sad. When I'm sad, he's sad. Oh, that's true love, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. We, We both feel each other's feelings so deeply. I hate when he's sad. We can't function when the other person is is not feeling well. Does your music help pull you out of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes if it's a bad day, then like if today had been where nobody came to see us at all, and we just played the nobody the whole day, and it's a Sunday, I would have been very sad. It's a lovely day. But it's wonderful. Let go of the thing and straight off the bat, and just free sailing from that. Yeah, I thought this able to say, you know, let it go, it'll be all right. And I'm able to turn to him and say, thought I'm scared, I'm scared about, you know, what's going to happen to us? Are we going to be okay? And he doesn't necessarily have the answers, but turns to me and he says, yeah, or you can spoil yourself tonight, but tonight we're probably going to go out and have cheeseburgers. And he's able to say, yes, you can do that. Because even though we may not have had the best week, um, we re- he's able to allow me to reward myself. I'm, I tend to not want to reward myself. And rewarding is a really wonderful way of, uh, per- of getting, gaining power, too. Because you... Um, People tend not to reward themselves. They'll do something and not realize that to, to give your a gift to yourself and say you did it and, and right. it is is something that I don't know why people don't think about this. I've done this all my life. I I do this whenever I do my left-handed writing and practice and when I uh, do certain things that are maybe I don't want to do. Gifting oneself in that way is really important. Yeah, like working on creative projects and trying to get through to certain, maybe go through it for an hour or something, even if I don't want to, and to reward myself with something nice. And also to minimize the goal, min, minim, create minimum goals rather than uh, goals that are out way out of uh, range. Right. So that when going out to pray form is all about Anya. So that's I am. All we have to do is say, 
I say I am, and then then that's our day is complete, and everything else after that becomes an immensely wonderful thing. So we, um, I when I was by myself, that's how I did it every day. I don't know how he did it alone. Well, pausing and and feeling the the happiness or the joy or the giving yourself the credit for achieving something, no matter how small it is. That's how we convince ourselves that we're worthy of the reward and, and rewarding ourselves in a way that, that keeps us present in that experience, right? Because a lot of times we don't reward ourselves because we're worried about the future. Right. We're worried about oh, going right. out and spending yep. money on yes. a good yes. meal or something like that. Like that. I'm so bad. But especially with our lifestyle is that we never know what's going to happen. So I'll... If we have a bad week, I'm not going to want to go out and treat ourselves nicely. But when we have a week in which we sang our butts off for four or five days and we still had a bad week, we deserve even more to treat ourselves really nicely. Yeah, and it's, that's, a, that's a tough one right there. And that's so we did, hard We did me. the same work, and in fact, same it was even harder. Work, and it was even harder. And so we're, we're kind of sort of opposites in certain ways. We're able to... Like Our charts are opposite, by the way. Yeah. It's extraordinary. They fit together like a key. Extraordinary. I, I, when I, I, why did I get your chart? I didn't, I, I said, yeah, I lose their chart because I used to do that for people. And I, and I did her chart and I was like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's bizarre. Yeah, I have more selfish tendencies. He has more giving tendencies. So we're able to... You know, in, in terms of things that require selfishness, I'm able to say, Bob, you need to take time for yourself, or, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, I mean, it's a positive so thing to be selfish people. at times, not the way the nameless one does it, but in, in, the, in the gift of what we do. Yeah, to take time for yourself. Yeah, because we're, we're, mm -hmm. we're giving, and as you said, we're giving, and that is our time, that's our reward. Yeah, and then, uh, and then he's so selfless, and he helps me with, being selfless and, and thinking about other people, and it works really well. Great. Well, this uh, this show that I do is all about multiverse consciousness, which is just the the understanding that none of us are ever really alone. You know that <coughs> consciousness is an infinite expanse of, mm -hmm. of being, which is a complete mystery from you know any other any other perspective other than. That's right. Bless you. Thank you. She has a few more. So, uh, one question that I ask every guest at the end of the interview is, uh, you know, if you if you have the opportunity to send a message, to give a message to the multiverse, to every sentient, every spiritual being out there, uh, what would that message be? And you know what mine is. I am. Anya. It's that's I, I have found this for me the, the least egotistical, the most open and ready for any being, anything, any. And it, was t it took a long time for me to just really. Uh, once I then I sang it, I sing it every day. What do you want to say? Um, that you can live a life full of creativity and love, and you can live purely through that. Can it's possible? Is there a is there a 
a key to doing that to to bringing that that creative power through yourself is there something that that people can do to reconnect to that because i find that the constant consumption mm. disconnects us from the creative energy totally does it's meant to well, I, yeah i try to shut off i, I get sucked into it too deny that but it's one of the traps of yeah, the world it's a trap. It's, it's like it's i'll be looking for something trap. online just to help me with my story or something and then it's sucked into something and but that's why i'm not on facebook anymore it makes me feel horrible too but it's really just to allow myself allow yourself to um to do the things that that give you purpose in your life because looking at other Looking at consume, consuming things that involve consumption only, that don't don't involve brain power and don't involve creativity and self motivation, that doesn't do anything for you. Right. Doesn't so, do anything for your heart or your mind. So if you ask that question, you say, "I am," then you and you apply that almost to all things that one is about to do. Well, I am a, heart, a cheeseburger, or I am a car, or. You just don't want to be that car, right? Yeah. You want to be love. I want to be love. I am love. That's what I'm saying. If I ask myself that question constantly, then I, it, it's easier for me to say, you know, I'm not that. Or to say, I am creative. I am creative. I'm not a consumer. I am creative. And I that's am a creative. positive statement. I am a giver. I am I'm an giver. empath. I'm just sensitive. and and we and I hold those and and I and each time I ask that question, I, I am um, whatever. And if it doesn't ring, and it, it seems like I have to then give take money out of my bag, or or I'm wasting time, and I'm not working on my novel, or I'm not working on on music, or I'm not loving my my sweetie, or I'm not helping somebody, then I say no. <laughs> so sweet. I'm not gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, and you really feel like I don't feel right when I'm when I'm not creating. Creating is what yeah. really makes me feel. Yeah, channeling. Like I'm doing. I'm doing something worthwhile, I'm doing something meaningful. Whether anybody likes it. Do you think that's part of the reason why there's so much pathology and, and yes. mental illness and everything in our culture is because we've been directed or pulled away from our, our human nature, the things that, that make us truly human, like um, living from a center of love and being creators instead of consumers. and. I mean, the, the disconnection from the natural world is just obvious, and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's clear that that's taking a toll on everybody, too. Um, but us being caused to deny our true nature for so long, um, would you say that's probably one of the main factors in the pathology of the world? Yeah, I would. You, you know, you kind of have to, like... But I, 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 when I watch any of these uh, media... Things and the way they they undermine one's confidence and, and one's creative uh, abilities in order to sell a product. It's very very disturbing. And, and as I've gotten older, it's just like so much more apparent. It's like it's it is. I can't really go on the internet anymore the way I used to or use any of these things because it, as I, I don't know if anybody else realizes it, but every one of them is selling something. Yeah. Well, being creative is like seeing this. It's like it's like food these days. Yeah, like totally. Down totally. On, totally. You're not. There's a personal power right there, yeah. because personal power is is the creative power. This is the 
largest power to, to manifest a universe and, and to continue that process of universe manifestation, which is the multiverse, is is a creative act. Because when she's writing her story, she's creating another universe. She's, right. If she stays to it and, and fulfills it to death, it will exist. Yeah, and that's the thing. We, we all do it anyway. We all do it. The problem is that when we're pushed into doing it unconsciously, then what happens is we're controlled into into creating somebody else's version uh, yes. of reality. It's very cool. So to uh, to pull ourselves back onto the, the path of self-creation, that I am, that's the key. And also that thing having to... God, you said something so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That seems like a thing. Yeah, uh, that's a good that's place a to end it. That's a great place to end it. Thank you so much. So much fun. I, I really, I really appreciate you guys taking us. Just had time. a nice conversation. That was yeah, really that's what it's all about. <laughs> Blessings. Thank you. Bianca. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. That concludes the interview with Tribal Baroque. I hope you found it as interesting listening to it as I did in conducting it. Remember, it often takes very little intelligence or creativity to consume the creative works of others. While this is not always true, it certainly is regarding the majority of the products on the shelves and stores around the world, and much of the negative and intentionally manipulative information coming out of your televisions. In my opinion, if you are not being creative, you are not truly alive. If you are not expressing your own ideas and visions, you are not truly expressing your humanness. The most powerful way you can start expressing your highest vision of reality is to start deciding for yourself which I am statements you are truly owning and projecting into the world around you. Links to Tribal Baroque's vlogs and blogs can be found on their website, tribalbaroque.com, but you can also find them on YouTube and Facebook by simply searching for Tribal Baroque on those websites. Now we're going to end this episode with the song entitled Pentagram from the album titled Heaven Sent. If you need my contact information, the email address to send requests for potential guests, or any other information on how to find the podcast or how to contact me, just wait till the end of the song and you'll hear the normal episode outro. Oh,
I want to thank you all for listening and supporting Messages from the Multiverse. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, email us at messagesfromthemultiverse at gmail.com or contact me on Facebook at Hypnotropia. Messages from the Multiverse is always free and can be found and subscribed to or followed at iTunes, Apple's iOS podcast app, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and at Hypnotropia.com. If you want to contact me regarding my hypnotherapy or shamanic practice, speaking engagements, educational seminars, presentations, and workshops, or any other reason, please visit Hypnotropia.com or email me at ian at Hypnotropia.com. You can find out all about me and the show on that website. And you can now play all the available episodes of this show right through the embedded SoundCloud player on our website by simply clicking the title of the show and scrolling down till you see the playlist. Until next time, honor and love yourselves, your fellow humans and sentient beings, and our planet. Be well.